0: Welcome to On The Way, this is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 146. When I left us last, we were falling short of the glory of God, and we were in a hole that we couldn't get out of because none of us are ever going to measure up. Romans 3.10 says, For there is none righteous, no, not one. And all of us have sinned. We have missed the mark. We have fallen short of the mark, which is the glory of God himself. And nobody, no one ever who has lived other than Jesus himself has ever measured up to the glory of God and so we're in a mess and so we have sin and in Romans chapter 4 the Bible tells about how we are made right with God and oddly enough it's not what most people think if you go out and talk with people and you say well are you in a relationship oh yes I'm in a relationship with God well do you believe you're going to heaven oh yes yes I. well I'm pretty sure I think I'm, I've kept most of the commandments I've gone to church I've been baptized I've done all these things. And people start telling you what they've done. Well, the moment people start telling you what they've done, they obviously have misunderstood it or they need to be taught. They may have once understood it, but it has fallen out of their heart. Because, you see, the moment we start talking about salvation, when we really understand what salvation is, we don't start talking about what we have done. We start talking about what Jesus has done. And that is why Abraham was made right with God through his trust in God's Word and God's provision of salvation. That's the way it's always been. People often ask me because they know I deal so much with the Tanakh, what we call the Old Testament, in the West. And they will say to me, well, the Jews were saved through the sacrificial system. I know. Well, you don't know because they weren't saved through the sacrificial system. Sacrificial system was just a a glimmer. It was a foreshadowing. It was a type and an act of obedience in sacrificing, looking forward to the day when God would make the ultimate sacrifice and pay for our sins through the death, the substitutionary death of the Messiah. God made a promise to Adam in the garden of Eden made a promise to Eve that one day he would send someone who would crush Satan's head and take away the curse. And indeed that is what Jesus did. The scripture says, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree and Jesus became the curse for us. He took the curse so that we could go free. And so Abraham was not justified through his works. He was a sinner just like everyone else. All you have to do is read his life story and you'll see he lied. He took a woman who wasn't his wife, committed adultery with her. Abraham was a sinner just like us, and he had to be justified the same way we did. He was just looking forward to the time when Messiah would come and pay the penalty for sin, as God has promised. And we're looking back. That's what Romans chapter 3 and verse 25 is all about, telling that story. That God looked beyond where Abraham was and saw the sacrifice of his own son that would be acceptable to him. And that's how it was saved. But when you read through chapter four, you're going to see that Abraham was made right with God, was declared to be righteous, not because of his own merit, but the merit of another. And so that brings us to chapter five. And chapter five says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way that anyone is reconciled to God is through the substitutionary death of Jesus. Now, the word justified has been simplified, oversimplified to say it's justified, had never sinned. But it is far more than that. It's far more than that. Justification is a legal term that comes right out of the courts of the Roman Empire. And it was someone being declared righteous who was indeed. Guilty. They were not innocent and they couldn't be made innocent. They were declared guilty and then a a payment was made and they were justified through a payment, usually the payment of another, not themselves, because they couldn't pay. Sometimes the judge would declare that payment himself. The fact is, it's the declaring of someone to be righteous who is guilty. And that was usually in the Roman Empire through the deeds of another. Some years ago, a Jewish man came up to me that I knew very well and said to me in a very deep conversation that we had been having about how a man is made right with God, and he said, can you sum up for me really what the Christian life is in terms that are not Christian? And I said, well, I'll do the best that I can, but what it is in reality is someone bearing the penalty "...for another, that that one can be declared righteous." and the penalty of sin can be paid. And that's the initial act of justification. When a person stands before God, he is guilty. You are guilty. I'm guilty. We're all guilty. And God the Father declares us to be righteous based upon the works and the deeds and the acts of his son, Jesus. And it's amazing. Not only was the sin forgiven, and did Jesus pay the penalty for what we had already done, but He. Paid the penalty for all that we will do. You see, there's only one penalty for sin, and that's death. And it doesn't matter if you've committed one murder or committed a million murders, like some down through history, or many million. There is one penalty, and that's death. You just die one time. That's the way it is with us. It doesn't matter how many times we sin or what we're going to sin. There is one penalty for sin, and that's death. And Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sin. All that we have committed in our past and all that we will in our future you say wait just a minute are you telling me that jesus has already paid for the sin that i will commit and the sins i will commit in the future while i'm still alive well let me ask you a question how many sins had you committed personally when jesus died none because you weren't even alive. But he looked down through time and knew that he would be in a relationship with you, and he paid the penalty for your sins. All that you've ever done, all that you'll ever do, there is one penalty, and he did that. That's why we talk about the substitutionary atonement. That is, God sent a substitute to die in our place, and that was Jesus. And we are declared righteous, not through our own works, not works that we have done. Nothing we could ever do could take away the sin that we've committed committed and pay for that because the wages of sin is death. Paul had made that clear to the Romans earlier. And so it doesn't matter who that, We are we are sinful, and we need to be saved. And either we're going to pay the penalty for our sin, which is death, which is separation from God. Go back to my former podcast and see that death equals separation in the New Testament. When you are physically dead, your soul is separated, your soul and spirit from your body. There is a great separation that takes place. You're separated from your loved ones. When you are spiritually dead, you are separated from God. When you're eternally dead, that means you are forever separated from God and so death is separation and what Jesus did is he bore the penalty for that he died in your place he committed no sin he would never had to die why did he die he died to pay the penalty for your sin and mine not his own and so that's why he died in our place as a substitute and so when Jesus rose from the dead he was declared to be the son of God with power that's in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 God did that to say I I accepted the sacrifice of my son, and I have declared those who are in him to be righteous. And how do we get in Jesus? We uh, repent of our sin. We place our trust in him alone. God grants us the grace to do that for anyone who wants to. Whosoever will may be saved. Now, you can argue about all the want to's and how that comes about, but I can tell you no man can come unto the Father. No man can come unto the Son unless God God himself draw him. You didn't come up with that on your own. You're too sinful to do that. I didn't come up with being saved on my own. God pricked my heart and let me know that there is a refuge in him. And the moment that I place my trust and faith in Jesus, I am justified. I am declared to be righteous. All of my sin is forgiven that I'll ever do. It's paid for. And God delivers me from that penalty. But not only that, the glorious truth of salvation in justification is that God declares us to be righteous. He robes us in the obedience of His only Son, His only begotten Son, His one-of-a-kind Son. You see, I hear people say sometimes, well, I'm as righteous as Jesus. And they're talking about His inerrant righteousness. No, you don't become God. No, you don't. And nowhere does the Bible teach that. No, He gives to you the righteousness that He earned through His obedience to the Father in every aspect of his life. He always did what he should have done just when he should have done it the way he should have done it. He always said what he should have said just when he should have said it. He never said anything that he shouldn't have said and he always thought what he should have thought just when he should have thought it he never thought anything that he shouldn't have thought and so he was altogether righteous he was impeccable there was no sin in him whatsoever and so he would have never had to die but he chose to die and the righteousness that he earned before the father he lives to put that on your account and on my account and when God does that he declares us to be righteous he imputes the righteousness of Jesus to us so that when God the Father looks at Tony, when God the Father looks at you put your name there, he sees on your record sin forgiven debt is paid in full and you are robed in the righteousness of his son. When he looks at you, he looks at on your account and he sees the debt is paid and he sees the righteousness of his own son. He doesn't see your disobedience. He sees the obedience of his son and that's how we can have a relationship with him and walk with him and know him and the more that we walk with him, the greater is our joy, our peace, and all the fruit of the Spirit is exhibited in our lives. But it all starts when we come to God as a sinner and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I turn from that by your grace. I place my trust alone in the righteousness of Jesus, in the atonement of Jesus, in his sacrifice for my sins. And I believe he's alive today and I want him to forgive me And God changes our lives. Why? Because we're in a new relationship with him. We're no longer at war. We are not at enmity with him. We are now reconciled by the blood of Jesus. And that is why Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 declares there is right now Right now, this moment, this second, no judgment, no penalty, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You and I are not only forgiven of the penalty of sin, But we are robed in the righteousness, declared to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And so that is what is on our account. And that is why the old songwriter wrote, the old account is settled. When Jesus died, he said, the debt has been paid. It is finished. Thank God. Hallelujah. I hope that's an encouragement for you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Chris.